0: it's been quite a week. Uh, Many of you have been in prayer for me personally. Thank you for that. Uh, Some of you may not know, but a week ago Friday was diagnosed with shingles and so have been on a variety of antiviral medications and steroids currently on prednisone. Uh, It's doing weird things to my sleep pattern. So for some reason during the service, I start rambling about The sandals that Timothy wore and how great they were and spontaneously break out crying because I want a pair of those sandals, it's the prednisone. So that's the the setup for today, just just so you know. Uh, This is a big day for the Williams too, both the girls, Dennis and Pam's girls are getting baptized this morning, so it's really a significant day for this family that's going to take place when we're done with our service towards the end, so it'll bring joy uh, to your life in that way. Well, today is a significant day for our church as we begin our new focus, our new church year, 2020 focus, focusing on the faithfulness of God, standing on the shoulders of those with whom have gone before us, being faithful in their calling that God has specifically given them in their lives. And as a result... Changed, in many respects, our lives as well. Setting an example for us, investing in us. And I believe this will bring great encouragement uh, to us today. It's also a great opportunity for us to prayerly, prayerfully consider what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, leading up to our golden anniversary in 2028. The next nine years, in particular, are being very key with us as a church family, individually and corporately looking to make a kingdom difference in this world in ways with which we have not yet engaged or started based on the calling of God in particular for us. So I believe this is going to be a really great series for us. Second Timothy, one of my favorite books, actually memorized the entire thing When I was in high school, I've lost much of it since then, just in pure honesty with you. But several of those verses and passages repeatedly come back to my mind and heart through the course of the week and are very encouraging and I believe will be in the same in your life. A little background before we get going. Uh, Paul, of course, we know, establisher of the church in many different areas, invested his life, came to the close of his life. In AD 67, this was the last book uh, that he penned, this, the second to Timothy. The two engaged in the second and third missionary journeys in particular, where they spread the gospel, planted churches, Timothy establishing his in Ephesus, uh, making a tremendous difference in that area. Paul writing this from prison soon after being beheaded by the emperor Nero, who in AD 64, really began to lose his mind with the burning of half of Rome and took that out on the Christian population, Paul being included in that. So the suffering, persecution that Paul experienced when he was in prison uh, became more intense in these last years before finally being beheaded. So Timothy, this young man, actually he engaged him when he was still a teenager with the gospel, the two again traveling in their different missionary journeys together, was trying to provide encouragement and establishing Timothy in the call that God had given him in his life, knowing that Timothy would be one of the key individuals who would continue to carry not only the gospel, but establishing and planning churches where God called him to be. So this task, this encouragement, this letter that Paul sent to Timothy was meant to, continually gird him up for the call of God, the task in his life, actually not utilizing Romans 11:29 in his writing in this book, but reminding him that God's call and gifting was irrevocable in the life of Timothy. And that is true of you as well. In the calling of God in your life, the way he has gifted you, equipped you to minister, to share the gospel, and to make a difference on this planet is irrevocable. It cannot be taken away. And each of us individually have the responsibility to not only share the gospel, but to disciple those who come into a relationship with Jesus, beginning first with our own family. So we've seen the pattern of that in Dennis and Pam investing in the lives of their girls spiritually taking their responsibilities, parents, seriously, you as well, and then spreading the gospel in the places that God has called them and called you as well. What a great task for us. Chapter one basically talks about the past and reminding Timothy of this thankfulness, this gratitude that should be cultivated in his life. The second chapter focuses on the present and the tasks that were at hand. And then three and four... Of 2 Timothy will focus on the future, the calling of God directly to Timothy for the establishment of the church and the kingdom of God and the way God had particularly called him. So for the next several weeks, we'll spend time looking at all those things. Before we leave our read our, our chapter today, our section, first second Timothy verses one through five, let's pray together. So God, we say thank you for this morning for your word, for the example that Paul set for the investment he made in the life of Timothy, for the way he worked and moved, with the calling you gave him in his life, Timothy as well, being obedient to your voice and surrendering every area. God, I pray this morning as we begin that we would too be encouraged, looking solely to you, the author and perfecter of our faith. Help us in these moments. Grow us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, great place to start, the beginning of the book, verses 1 through 5 together. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul reminds Timothy once again of his calling, that he was an apostle of Christ Jesus called to do exactly what he was doing, building the kingdom, planning churches by the will of God. God specifically speaking into his life for him to go and do just that. And while individually, we all have calls of God in our lives as well to share the gospel and to disciple, he also calls us as a church family to do the same, to build the kingdom of God. So Paul providing encouragement for Timothy in this. I have almost said Tiffany, my wife's name, twice. (laughs) Thank you, prednisone. According to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. And so there is that promise of life not only for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ, but also for all who have not yet done so. Hopefully, prayerfully, as we share our stories about how we've come into a relationship with Jesus and the gospel, those individuals surrendering as well, understanding and realizing the promise of life that is truly found only in Jesus. In verse 2, Paul continues, and he expresses his love for Timothy, calling him his beloved child, taking responsibility for him in that respect. And many of you, too, through the years, have invested in others in the same way not family members, but others who have come into a relationship with Jesus, with whom you have become responsible for that you would consider to be family. We talk about that relationally with people constantly. I consider so-and-so to be my brother. In fact, you may have even heard in the past from someone else, you are closer to me and to my heart than even my own family, my own brother, my own sister. You have become so dear to me relationally that your family, our church family operates that way too. As we build relationships with one another, we are the family of God. But you know what those relationships are like. You share your deepest, most intimate life experiences with those with whom you trust, with those with whom you love, and whom love you. And it's natural. Now, sometimes those relationships, due to moves or Life circumstances change, but for the most part, relationally, we are wired. We are called to that. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. I love you so much. It's as if you were my son, my literal son. Who in your life is like that? Who do you have in your life whom you would consider to be that dear to you? Second question of that. Who in their lives, would consider you to be that person for them? We should have relationships like that. Paul then goes on and gives a standard greeting we see in the majority of his books, using different terms, but in this one in particular, grace, mercy and peace." encouraging Timothy individually continue in this trek that he had forged upon in his life to remain in those three the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the peace of God that is actually from God, as Paul, too, was doing, even in spite of his circumstances. And then he encourages them to remember that all of those are from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, which who is the establisher of our faith and with whom we build our lives our homes. He then goes on in verse 3, thanking God for those who had come before him and before Timothy. A lot of times we may forget those who have been building blocks or provided this foundation in our lives spiritually who have made such a difference. Some of whom we know Some of who we don't. I have never in my life, of course, he has gone to be with the Lord, met Billy Graham. But I can still watch those films in the 1960s and 70s, black and white, many of them, seeing him present the gospel all across the world, full transparency. Every time he gets to that point, I just want to get saved again. The call of God in his life, responding that way, the Holy Spirit working Amazing. And we understand and realize we only get saved once. But you get the point. His desire to love Christ and his love for people so saturated all that he did. Made a kingdom difference. Made a difference in my life. John Ortberg is another modern-day writer, pastor who has made a profound impact in my life related to relationships. Francis Chan is another I love both watching and reading his literature. Amazing call of God. Sacrificing all for the sake of following. Chuck Swindoll, another. Hank Hanegraaff, Bible Answer Man. Some of those blips on the radio. Profound. Paul Harvey, the rest of the story. Amazing to listen to him. The Stanleys, Charles and Andy in the past. Others, who have made profound impacts on shaping my faith, none of whom I know, some of whom I've met. Now, there are those as well that impact our lives with whom we know, with whom we realize, were God not to place those individuals directly in our lives for whatever time period it was, we may not have been as receptive to the gospel, as receptive to Christ. One of those in my life, my pastor growing up, David Cohn who is still now in his 70s serving at a church in Texas, repeatedly shared the gospel at the end of messages. And though he was not the one who presented it at the time that I surrendered my life to Christ, he continually sowed the seed of the word of God into my life week in, week out, took personal interest in me, loved me in spite of everything else in my life that may have been a little bit wacky invested. Gave me my first opportunity, actually, to serve as a student pastor in my home church at age 19. Profound impact. Another, Bill Tucker, my student pastor, who presented the gospel in such a way at a hay rack ride on a Friday night where I heard or realized for the first time that I, if I was the only person on the earth, Christ would have died just for me because of my sin and being buried in it And I need to ask for forgiveness and to repent and turn away. That I was separated from God and that I needed him in my life. Were it not for the message that night and me hearing it like that, who knows when that moment would have been for me. A deep-seated sense of gratitude. Randy Barker, sixth grade. Before I was a follower of Jesus. I want to spend time with you, Darren, discipling you. And so we went through several student discipleship guides again, even before I was a follower of Jesus to plant the word of God in my life. Substantial difference. Who in your life is like that? Either those whom you don't know or for those whom you know. Whom you would say you are standing on their shoulders as a result of the impact spiritually they made in your life. When was the last time you expressed gratitude to God for those individuals? When was the last time you took a moment to text or write a note or make a phone call just saying, were it not for you, I would be in a radically different place. Thank you for investing in my life. That was the type of gratitude that Paul was impressing upon Timothy in his writings, saying that he should be a man like that, that we not soon forget those who have made a direct impact in our lives for the kingdom of God and relationally with Jesus. Who in your life is like that? Paul goes on in verse 3, Talking as with a clear conscience, he mentions, remembering Timothy constantly. Remember again, in prison, in pain, night and day, this man who was planning this church. Loving him so much, being separated from him by distance, he remembered him, his tears, and he longed to see Timothy that he might be filled again with joy. Another question. Who in your life is a joy producer? We have so many people in our lives that can bring distraction, discouragement. We all struggle with that at points. But who specifically in your life brings encouragement, spends time for you not only in prayer like this, but encourages you? The express fact of being filled with joy. And then he talks about...